0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Wa
1: alaykum as-salamu
0: rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Na wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem Amma ba'd fa'a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir-rajim Bismillahir-Rahmanir-Rahim Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Rabbana zidhna ilma Kitab al-ilm Inshallah we will begin from Hadith number 120 Back to the chapter heading What is the chapter heading? حفظ Ilm Preserving knowledge And we learned about the memory of Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه, That how he complained once to the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, About his weak memory And then after that When the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, asked him to spread out his sheet And he wrapped it up Then after that he never forgot anything And this was a special gift of Allah سبحانه وتعالى To Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه إسماعيل قال عن ابن ابي ذئب عن سعيد المقبوري عن ابي هُرَيْرَةَ قالة he said, Abu عنه, he said, حفظت, I have memorized, I have learnt, mean from Rasulullah الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, وعائني. I have memorized from him Aini two وعاء. What is a وعاء? A vessel, a container, وعائي اخيه saddlebag, Okay, it is basically something in which you put something. And mainly wea is used for something in which water or milk is kept. So Abu Huraira said that I have memorized from the Prophet wasallam two wea. فَأَمَّا So as for أَحَدُهُمَا One of them two. فَبَثَثُتُهُ So I have spread it. Meaning I have narrated it. I have told people about it. وَأَمَّا الْآخَرُ And as for the other. فَلَوْ بَثَثُتُهُ if I would spread it, if I would tell people about it, فَقُطِيرَ so it would be cut off. هذا الْبُلْعُومِ this food pipe. بُلُعُم is used for the food pipe, the esophagus, right? So, in other words, my throat would be cut off. In other words, people would kill me. They would not tolerate that from me. What does he mean by we are a two containers, two vessels? What are they? These are two containers. Full of ilm, full of knowledge, that Abu Huraira radhiAllahu anhu he took from the Prophet صلى الله عليه So, in other words, he took from the Prophet صلى الله عليه two types of knowledge, two types of ilm. So, we're a'in, no two types of knowledge. One of them was that which has to do with the ilm of the Sharia. So, for example, ahkam, sunan, different things that he learned from the Prophet صلى الله عليه which have to do with the Sharia, which have to do with every Muslim, he narrated that. And about that, what did he say? amma ahaduhuma Fabathastuhu, I have spread it. Meaning, I have narrated all of it. I have told people about it. I have spread it out openly. I have taught that openly. And the other wea, the other type of knowledge that he took from the Prophet ﷺ was that which had to do with the khilafah. With regards to the fitnah, the fitna that would rise amongst the people. And we know that khilafah, leadership amongst the Muslims, after the Prophet ﷺ, it was very good until the time of Umar radiyallahu anhu after that we know that many people had embraced islam recently they came up with their own beliefs you know they had a lot of baggage and they ascribed a lot of you know inappropriate traits to the family of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying that they had the right to leadership and they are the ones who pushed Ali radiyallahu anhu and they created so much fitna amongst the muslims so there was a lot of intolerance amongst the muslims at that time so if Abu Hurairah would narrate anything concerning that fitna, concerning that khilafah, then because of the intolerance that people had, would they even have respect for Abu Hurairah? Not at all. They would even kill him. So, فَقُلْطِعَ هَذَا الْبُلْعُونَ What does it mean? That I would be killed. They would not even spare me. So this is the reason why he did not narrate such a hadith or such knowledge that he had. However, we cannot think that Abu Hurairah would actually conceal knowledge. No. He did not conceal it, rather he deferred in conveying it. You understand? He deferred. At the moment when he said the statement, up until that time he had not narrated that type of knowledge. However, afterwards, when things were different, when he was able to, then he did so. Because it would be unthinkable that a person such as him would conceal knowledge, conceal something that was necessary. But we learn many lessons from this, from the way of Abu Huraira Why do you think he deferred in conveying that knowledge? Why? Because it would cause fitna. If you know about something and you know that the people who are in front of you are not ready to accept it, they are not able to understand it, they are not at that level to fully comprehend it, and it would cause them to become angry, it would cause them to negatively react to you, and, you know, oppose you, and as a result leave you, and not benefit from the rest of the knowledge that you have, then what's better? Start with things that are easier for people to take. Even when it comes to da'wah to Ahlul kitab what do we learn in the Qur'an? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That يَا أَهْلَ تَعَالَوْ إِلَىٰ كلمة سَوَائِن بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ Don't start with negativity. Don't start with differences. Start with common grounds.
2: What it's actually causing is we're spreading the fitna. Like if we see something bad like that, we, we should just have the hikmah of saying, no, I'm not going to be a continuing, a person who's going to
0: continue having this spread. Yes. And I, don't know, I was just thinking that mashallah, that's a hikmah. Yes. Hikmah is very important. You know, many times it happens that, you know, there could be people sitting in front of you and you're trying to teach them, you're trying to tell them, and you feel that, for example, their clothing is not that appropriate, or their hijab is not appropriate. What should you start with? What's the first lesson you should give? Fix your hijab, fix your clothes, yes? No, if you tell them, they're not going to come again. They will not listen to you again. Similarly, sometimes, you know, the other people, their iqidah is slightly different. You know, for instance, they have a lot of love and respect for the Prophet Wasallam or for the awliya of Allah. And if you start off with saying that the Prophet Wasallam was a human being and he is dead and these awliya are no people, you know what's going to happen? They're not going to listen to you. So, gradually people's level increases. Gradually, they're able to take more. So give to the people what they can take. Similarly, if in the first Quran class, if you start teaching grammar, what's going to happen? This is too difficult. There's no way people can do it. But if you give them in small doses, one thing here, one thing there, and you remind them what they learned previously and build upon that, then what's going to happen? They will be able to take it. It happens many times that people who are not that religious, you know, it takes them so much courage, so much thinking to actually come to a Quran class or a gathering such as that. And if you start off with things that are controversial, right? If you start with controversial topics, okay, or you start with topics which they may have a different opinion about, then you're going to chase them away. They will never come again. You know, our focus should be on drawing people closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the deen Right? That's the end goal. Isn't it so? And if we forget that end goal, then what's going to happen? We're going to get lost in other things and the people will never ever get there because of us. Allahu a'lam. This, this could be knowledge concerning the khilafah, concerning the fitna, what the Prophet ﷺ advised people to do. He did give a lot of instruction to them concerning the future. Like for example, today inshallah, we will learn about a hadith in which he said that do not return to disbelief after me, killing one another. Right? So this is something that happened. And you see at that time the fitna was so bad that the people did not even have tolerance for the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. Remember what happened to Abu anhu When he told that person, what did he say? I know better than you. I know better than you. And we know about other people who actually went to the extent of killing the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. So this is why he said that if I were to say that, I would be killed. This teaches us a very important lesson. Another very important lesson. And that is that when you're not that's strong Don't call for trouble Don't ask for trouble Don't invite it When you're strong enough When you think you can deal with it Then be brave And stand up But until you get there Don't try to be bold Because otherwise What's going to happen You're going to suffer You're going to be finished Remember that All of the knowledge That the Prophet Wasallam taught That is beneficial We cannot say that That it causes fitna No It is beneficial But The situation of people The times, they're different. The circumstances are different. In some situations, the same knowledge which a person would take very seriously to heart and it could change him completely in another situation that would have a completely different effect. Isn't it so? This is just like water. It's very beneficial. Isn't it so? If you give it to a thirsty person, they will drink it. It will really benefit them. But if you pour water on a marble floor and somebody walks on it, what's going to happen? They can fall and injure themselves. So can you blame water? No. You have to be careful as to where you pour it, how much you pour, and how you pour. That's necessary. You see this in the Quran as well, how gradually things are built up And you know, I remember somebody was once talking to me about how you know one of their relatives they don't wear hijab and she doesn't know how to talk to them, and she doesn't know how to make them understand. I said, don't don't start off with hijab. Worry about other things. If you think about it in the Quran, where is hijab mentioned in the first juz? In the second juz? No. When? In surah al-Nur. In surah al-Ahzab. Isn't it so? So why do you want to make that the first lesson? Let them, you know, start praying. Let them develop the fear of Allah. Let them develop the fear of the Akhirah. The fear of you know, not obeying the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what the consequences are of that. So then when a person builds gradually, then he's able to take it. Like we see in, in Sahih Bukhari, the first lesson is of Niyah. Start with the basics, the most important things.
2: She just came and she asked me like, uh, just a few things about the neighborhood. And then she started saying, so like, you always wear the, the head covering. And I said, yes. So she said, what will happen if you don't wear it? And I said nothing. I I felt like the way she was saying it, uh, because she saw me walking with my husband, you know, with a big beard. So I felt like maybe she thought that I was being oppressed or something. So I just told her nothing. I said, I don't know if you know about Islam. Like, you are the one who can control the conversation, basically. Instead of fixing their misconceptions or saying, oh yes, this is an obligation. I have to do this. That's not as important as them knowing that you have the the belief in one God and the five pillars, for example. So I started telling her, like, you know, before you understand this, let me tell you what Islam. Islam is all about. And then when I told her, she was just like, you know, like she was kind of like quiet. And her kid had had a really bad injury or something. So she was sharing that. I said, you know, sometimes bad things happen, but they're meant to be like something good. And then she started discussing with me. But basically, what I'm trying to say is that you don't have to kind of express something that's not important for somebody right now. Like they might not be able to understand it right now if they don't understand the core you know, concept of Islam.
0: And one more thing is that We should maintain balance I mean, Sometimes it happens that people just want to talk about Things that others are ready to take And they want to listen to And they'll be perfectly fine They'll be happy to hear those things And anything that they don't want to hear We don't mention that at all No, gradually, over time We should also mention that Because just as salah is important Other commands are also important Our intention, remember Is not to please people Our intention is to make them better is to impart the knowledge that we have to them. Okay? So if our goal is to make them happy, then we will never ever mention those things that they don't want to hear. But if our goal is to make them better people, then we will come up with a technique, come up with a way so that we can eventually give them what they don't want to take as well. I mean, it should be in a manner that is appropriate. It should be when they are ready to take it, but we should gradually take them to that level. You understand? That we see here that Abu Huraira, he knew about something, but... He knew that it was better not to mention that. So he kept silent with regards to that. And many times if we know about something that's controversial, you know, people have different opinions about, there's a heated argument about it, we love to talk about those things. We love to discuss them. I've made this, you know, a rule for myself. Anytime something controversial comes up, I don't like to discuss such things. You know, it's quite possible you talk to somebody and you try to explain to them what you think, what you have found out. They have a different viewpoint and they're very firm on it, and you're also firm on it, then we should not become divided over it. Stop talking about it. And there are some things which, you know, there has been ikhtilaf from the very beginning. So how do you think you can solve that today? You can't. So you have to accept it as it is. Whatever you understand to be the best, you accept that, you stick to that, but don't enforce it on other people because it's going to lead to division. It's going to lead to ikhtilaf. It's going to lead to a greater fitna. We've studied the hadith regarding the Rabbani who you Rabbin Nasabi ilmi kabla kibarihi. So this is almost that. When the Nas are not ready for Kibar al ilm, then he wasn't giving it.
1: Group for girls um, age thirteen to like I don't know, like 20-ish. And I found out that they didn't even, like their parents would like force them to come to the group and because they thought like they could just send their kids there and they'll magically become better Muslims. But I found out that rather than like, we would do tafsir and we would do hadith and everything, but I would always keep this part um, where it wouldn't be like me teaching them and we would just sit there and discuss things. And like they just wanted to know really simple things. Like is it okay for them, like you know, if they're going through like trouble in high school or something, Is it okay to lie to their friend because some other friend wanted this or, you know? Simple things. and I ended up like realizing rather than trying to teach them stuff, I sort of just became like uh, a mentor oh, and an older friend for them. And then they wouldn't ask their mom things like, uh, you know, I mean, is it okay to do you know, fast like this if I'm doing this or whatever? They would always come to me. And it was only because they had like this safe sort of relationship with me where I would know their weakness and I would know that, you know, they're not wanting to not follow the deen. It's just that they they're needed struggling. a safe place to...
2: To figure it out. Yes. So I, go, I remember me and my coworker one time we were just working, we were just talking, and she was asking me different questions about Islam and stuff like that. And one thing that she asked me, she was like, if you didn't wear that dress or if you didn't wear that like hijab and stuff, like would anything go wrong? Like what would your parents say? Like do they force you and stuff? And I was like, no, I do this because I want to. And she's like, um, because previously one of our old managers, he, she asked him the same question, like what would happen if your kids just didn't do this like practice to your face one day? He said I would disown them. So then she was shocked And when I told her That's why she had Like the silk on her face Like oh so you guys It's okay right It's like yeah
0: Many times when it comes to Dawah we should talk about Simple things Basic things That are related to You know the person That we're talking to The other day Somebody was telling me That there was a recent Convert somewhere And uh, they went to see them And there was another Person there as well And uh, the other Muslim person He kept talking about Controversial things you know that the other person was not ready to hear or the people who were there were not ready to hear so islam is not just controversial issues okay there's much more beauty to our religion and we should focus on that as well bab al insati lil al insat listening attentively listening silently to who lil ulama to the scholars meaning paying attention to what they're saying, being silent in the majlis, listening carefully to what they're saying. In Insat is to listen to something attentively. How? By being silent, quietly. Because if a person is talking, then what will happen? He will not be able to listen. If you talk, you cannot listen. And if you're talking, then you cannot even understand what the other is saying. Even if you can hear their words, but you can't fully comprehend what they're saying, then your focus becomes something else. And, you know, there are many things that we can multitask, like for example, cooking and doing the dishes. You can do this at the same time, but you cannot listen and talk at the same time. This is something that you can't do. You can do many things, but this you can never do. So this insat is necessary. Istimar is what? Istimar is to listen attentively. But insat is slightly more than that. How? That it is not just to listen attentively but also silently, quietly. So that all of your senses are focused on gaining what the other is giving. It is also said that insat is with both eyes. Al he said, Al min al Ainain. What does that mean? That insat is not complete except With looking as well That if a person is looking down Looking away Then that is not insat Remember Abu Shurayh What did he say? I heard with my ears And I saw with my eyes And I remember in my heart That is insat And this is something that is very important In order to gain knowledge It is said that The first step of gaining ilm is istima' The second is insat the second is insat. So the first is istimar. listen at least. The other is insat. And then hifz. And then amal. And then nashr. First is istimar, listening attentively. Insat, being silent. Hifz, memorizing, remembering what a person has heard, what he has seen. And then amal, not just memorizing, but also acting on it, not just keeping it to yourself, but nashr, spreading it as well. The chapter heading is, Al-Insaat Lil Ulama, listening attentively to the scholars. We're supposed to adopt silence and listen attentively for two reasons. First of all, to show respect. Because if a person is talking and you start talking, then what does it mean? That you don't care about what they're saying. What you have to say is more important. So the first reason is to show respect, to show adab. And we know that when it comes to gaining knowledge, adab is essential. If a person does not observe proper adab, then he cannot gain and he cannot give. Secondly, to understand, to understand correctly, to receive fully and thus benefit from what a person has learned and also benefit others. Because if a person is talking, he is distracted, then his level of understanding will not be the same as the one who was listening attentively. When it comes to the Qur'an, when the Qur'an is being recited, what have we been commanded to do? to adopt silence over there. Why? Because it would be disrespectful that a person talks at that time, and if he talks, he will not be able to listen and pay attention and understand and take benefit from what is being read. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنصِتُوا Similarly, when it comes to the statements of the Prophet in his life, when he was to say something, or when he would be at a majlis, the companions were told to lower their Voices ladina عِنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ So observing silence in the presence of the Prophet Wasallam is also something that is essential. Likewise when his hadith are being narrated, when his hadith is being studied, then at that time also we have to pay a lot of attention and that is not possible except with silence. And we see this in the past that how when the people would gather together to learn hadith, they would observe silence. They would remain silent. They would not talk at that time. And scholars, who are they? Ulama are the warathatul anbiya. They are the heirs of the prophets. So just as our etiquette is to be with the hadith of the Prophet it is to be with the ulama as well. So when the ulama, when they are teaching something, when they are instructing, then what should our behavior be? That we should also observe silence over there. And those people who create noise, who who don't want that the haq should be heard, then this is something that is extremely disrespectful and extremely disliked. We learn in the Quran that, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَا تَسْمَعُوا لِهَذَا الْقُرْآنَ وَالْغَوْ Fihi. Make noise. So making noise at the time when something important is being recited, narrated, taught, this is something that does not befit a believer. This was the trait of who? الَّذِينَ Kafaru. So when we are in a gathering of knowledge, it is necessary that we maintain silence over there out of respect. And in general also, whenever it is expected of us that we be silent and we listen attentively, then we should observe this etiquette. You know, for example, if our mother is telling us something, if our father is telling us something, a friend is advising, an elderly person is advising us, then at that time should we start talking amongst ourselves? No. You know, first of all, najwa is something that is not liked at all. And then on top of that, if somebody is advising us, talking to us, and we say, well, they're not the Quran, they're not the Prophet صلى الله عليه no. In general also, this is an adab that a believer should maintain. Whenever he's expected to remain silent, he should be silent over there. You know, for instance, it happens that if a person is in a classroom where religion is being taught, he will be, you know, very proper. But when it comes to a classroom where something else is being taught, you know, many times people don't pay that much attention over there. حديث حدثنا حجاج قال حدثنا شُعْبَةٌ قال اخبرني علي بن مدرك عن ابن ابي زُرْعَةَ عن جرير ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم جرير رضي الله عنه he said that the prophet sallallahu قال له he said to him في حَجَّةِ الوداع at the time of حَجَّةُ الْوَدَاعِ farewell pilgrimage he said to him istansit an-nas istansit same root in Istansit, sinta, what does that mean? To seek, to ask. So istansit meaning ask. Istansit in nas, ask the people to become silent. Ask the people to be silent. And then when the people were silent, faqala, then the Prophet sallallahu he addressed the people and all of the things he said to them was what? La tarji'u, do not return, ba'di after me, Kufarun as disbelievers, yadribu, he strikes ba'dukum, some of you, riqaba ba'din. The necks of others. Meaning, after my death, do not revert to disbelief that you start killing one another. Just like the kuffar do. Just like the kuffar do. At hajjah al how many people were there? How many people were there? A hundred thousand. A little over a hundred thousand. And all of those people, were they in the close companionship of the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam? No, everybody was not like that. Not everybody lived in Medina. Not everyone of them spent a lot of time with the Prophet ﷺ. Many of them were recent converts, right? And because of that, they lacked some basic adab. Of them was to maintain silence in the presence of the Prophet ﷺ, especially when he's addressing the people. So this is why people were talking, they were being noisy. So he asked one of the companions, to tell the people to be silent, ask them to be silent. He did not become angry over there. He did not say go away. He just said ask the people to be silent. Why? Because they didn't know they were supposed to be silent. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he said to them, لا ترجعوا بعد كفاراً Don't revert after me كفاراً as disbelievers. Was he saying that do not become disbelievers literally? No. What it means is do not become like the disbelievers. That the disbelievers, what do they do? They kill one another. They fight one another. But when it comes to Muslims... We know that Muslim life is very sacred. If a person kills a Muslim, it's as though he has killed all of mankind. So a Muslim's life is sacred. And as Muslims, we are not allowed to kill each other. Killing is only permissible for major crimes. And that even an ordinary person cannot do. It's only in the hand of the qadi, of the judge. Other people cannot do that. So anyway, he advised them that do not become kuffar, meaning do not do what the kuffar do. That they kill one another and also the kuffar are the ones who fight the Muslims. So you don't fight the Muslims. You don't fight one another, you don't kill one another. What do we learn in this hadith? That the Prophet ﷺ, he asked that the people should become silent. So for example, if we're sitting somewhere and somebody tells us to be silent, what should we do? Get offended over there? Say that, you know, this is something important that I'm talking about? No. This is not something that we should do. We should not get offended by it. Rather, we should accept what the other is telling us because if you think about it, it is his right that he should be listened to. In a conversation, what happens? One person speaks, the other listens. Then the other speaks and the first listens, right? So when it's the right of the other to speak, what is our duty? That we should be silent. So if we're talking and he reminds us, then what should we do? Get upset over there? Get offended over there? No. We should accept it. And also... We should give the chance to other people to talk as well. People cannot stay silent for a very long time. And if you are, for example, in front of young children, in front of people who like to talk a lot, especially girls, you know, then what do you have to do? You should let them talk to one another. Baab ma yustahabbu lil Ma what yustahabbu it is liked lil for the alim, the scholar. إِذَا su'ila when he is asked ayyun nasi which of the people a'lamu is most knowing so what is liked from the scholar meaning how should he respond to such a question that who is of the most knowledgeable people he should fayakilu so he should yakilu meaning he should hand over he should entrust al ilm the knowledge ilallah to allah what is liked for the alim when he is asked about the most knowledgeable person that he should say Allah knows. Allahu a'lam. Fayakil al-ilm ilallah, meaning, he should hand over all knowledge to Allah. In other words, Allah is the one who is most knowing. So if somebody asks, who knows most about this issue? Or who knows most about the deen? So should you say that so-and-so person knows? So-and-so person is the most knowledgeable person? No. What should you say? Allah knows. Allahu a'lam. I don't know. Allahu a'lam. And we see that Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, if he was ever asked about who knows most about this particular issue or that issue, he would just say, Isalil ulama," ask the scholars. He would not say, so and so person, and so and so person. He would never specify the name of the scholar. Why? Because it would create fitna amongst the people. You know, at that time, especially people were very, they loved their scholars, and they loved their teachers, and they loved their imam. If you ever spoke against their imam, then that's it. Even today. So, this is why Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, he would say, Al ulama," Ask the scholars. He would never specify so-and-so scholar. What do we learn from this chapter heading? That the alim also has to observe proper adab. When it comes to ilm, ilm of the deen, it's not mere information. It comes with a lot of protocol. Protocol, adab that the seeker has to observe and the adab that the giver also has to observe. So of the etiquettes that the teacher, the scholar must observe is That first of all he must never think That he is the one who is most knowing And then he should not pass judgments Concerning other people Whenever he says something He should say Allahu Allah knows best about this This is what I think However Allah knows most about this This is according to the best of my knowledge According to the best of my ability Beyond that Allahu Arlam. And this is why we see that many times When, we, when you read a fatwa At the end what is mentioned Allah knows best Allahu a'lamu sawab There's also one more important thing that we learn from this: that should we pass judgments concerning other people, positive or negative, should we? No, we shouldn't. So, for example, if we say that person is the best speaker, that person is the best scholar, that person is a specialist in this, and he is the only one who knows about this, should we pass the judgments? No. Or should we say things like, negative even, that person does not know anything? No. We are no ones to pass judgments on other people. And remember, that people's state, it changes. One day a person is very, you know, you find a fault in them, and tomorrow, that fault is nowhere to be seen. One day, they are very effective, and the other day, not at all. So the state of people who are alive, it keeps changing. We are not supposed to judge them. Who judges? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when is a final judgment made concerning a person? When he dies. When he's gone. No, when it comes to like praising somebody. Like for example, that person, mashallah, she reads the Quran very beautifully. Or she knows her translation really well. Or she brings very good examples. Or she did her research really well. It's good. But you don't say, this person did the best. Because this is best according to you. You know, these presentations that you had recently, I attended one of the groups and I heard, you know, some people and I liked some things and I thought some things needed improvement. And I was just listening to the discussions that people were having later on. And they were saying, Her example was the best, her introduction was the best, her introduction not that impressive. And I had different opinions. Everybody looks at things with their own mind. So people differ. And what you might think as very best, the other might not think like that. What you might think is is not the very best, then the other person might think that it is the very best. So we should not make judgments concerning other people. Now this doesn't mean that you don't get marked. No, you do get marked. Okay, because there were certain criteria on the basis of which you were supposed to be marked and given your feedback. But it would be incorrect to say this person is the best. There's no one better than them. We are not allowed to say that. Because remember, if you make, for example, a positive statement concerning somebody, they're the best, then what do we learn in the hadith? You're breaking their back. Isn't it so? Praising somebody on their face, you're ruining them, you're destroying them. You could corrupt their intention. And that's the greatest injustice you could do to them. That's the greatest harm that you can cause them. You know, we think that when we're praising somebody on their face, we're doing them a favor. We're being so good towards them. But if we praise somebody in a very exaggerated way in front of them, then we're destroying them. And negative statements even, negative judgments concerning people, we are shattering them, isn't it? Somebody has put in so much effort to do something, and you're like, yeah, you know, not that impressive. In front of them or in front of other people, and they find out about it, you are ruining their confidence. So be very careful with regards to this. Another very important lesson that we learn in this is that a person should not consider himself to be the most knowledgeable person. Because in this chapter heading, the alim, when he's asked who is the most knowledgeable person, he should never say that I am, as we will learn in the hadith later. It's the hadith of Musa السلام, and Khadr. So a person should never think that he has the most knowledge, no matter how much he has. Because it's quite possible there's somebody out there who knows more than them. Isn't it? And we see this. You know, it's quite possible you, you think about somebody... They know the most, mashaAllah. You might think about that. But then you hear a lecture of another scholar and you're like, wow, now that's impressive. So people vary in their levels. You should never think that you know the most, even from a small group of people, because there's always people who know more than you. And we also learn in this that we should avoid asking such questions such as who knows best and who is best at this. We should not even put other people in fitna. Okay, in a difficulty. But there's one issue that we must understand over here. If somebody asks you, who is the most knowledgeable person? What do you say? Allahu alam. But if somebody asks you, who is the most knowing concerning this issue? Concerning this matter? And you know that there is a person who is a specialist in that field, who is an expert in that field, then should you specify their name? Yes, you should. Why? Because you're not saying that they are the best in all types of ilm. They have this kind of knowledge, and as far as you know, they are the best in that. This is just like if you know about the best doctor concerning a particular issue, then you refer their name. حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدُ ibn بْنِ مُحَمَّدٍ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا سُفْيَانٍ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا عَمْرٌ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنِي ibn بْنُ Sa'id ibn بْنُ He informed me. قَالَ He said... Kultu, I said, to Ibn Abbas. So Saeed ibn Jubid he said to Ibn Abbas, Inna indeed Naufan, Nauf Al Bikali. Nauf Al Who is this person? He was a Tabiri. He was a Tabiri and he was the stepson of Karb Al ahbar Do you know about him? Who was he? The Jewish leader. He was a Jewish leader, so his stepson. What do I mean by stepson? The son of his wife. Not from him, but from someone else. So Nauf al-Bikali was the stepson of Kabul al And obviously he was a Muslim, Nauf al-Bikali. This is why we call him a tabiri. His father was not, but he was. And he used to narrate Isra'iliyat. Why do you think he would narrate Israeliat? His father was Jewish. So obviously he would know about it. So whatever he knew about, for example, Musa Dawood the prophets, about the history of Bani Israel, he would narrate that. And what is it that we have been told about the Isra'iliyat? Narrate them, there's no haraj in that. However, do not say, do not confirm or deny. Do not say that it is right and do not say that it is false. So he would narrate some Israeli. So one thing that he narrated, one thing that he said, was that Musa alayhi salam, or rather, Musa, who is mentioned in the story of Khadr in the Qur'an, is not actually Musa alayhi salam, but it's some other Musa. So, Sa'id ibn Jubair, when he heard about that, he said to Ibn Abbas that, in إِنَّ نَوْفًا أَلْبِكَالِي يَزْعُمُ He thinks, he asserts, that anna Musa, that indeed Musa, ليس بموسى بَنِي Israel, He's not Musa or Bani Israel. إِنَّمَا هُوَ مُوسَ آخِرُ Indeed, he's some other Musa. فَقَالَ سُعِبْنِ عَبَاسِ اللَّهِ. The enemy of Allah has lied. In other words, what he is saying is false. It is not true. In the Qur'an, Musa refers to Musa alayhi salam, the Prophet of Allah. It doesn't refer to some other Musa. It is indeed the Prophet of Allah. The question is, why do you think Ibn Abbas would say such a harsh statement? Why? Haven't we been told to be gentle and be very careful about the delicate hearts of other people? Huh? So why do you think he said such a harsh statement? when he was a companion of the Prophet and He was faqih. Nauf is the one who narrated that. So he's referring to him that Qadab ardu We see that Nauf, he made a serious error in the interpretation of the Qur'an, in the interpretation of the sunnah. He made a serious error. And this is not something that is small. It could be out of misunderstanding. It could be, you know, we give him the benefit of the doubt. It wasn't, you know, we don't think that a tabi'i would deliberately fabricate things. No. Allah alam. He may have done it by accident or by misunderstanding or whatever it may be. But after all, it was something serious. Isn't it so? This is something serious. You're saying that the Prophet who has mentioned in the Qur'an is not actually a Prophet, he's somebody else. I mean, this is serious, right? So this is why Ibn Abbas, he made such a harsh statement against that so that nobody dares to repeat such a statement. Remember that the hearts of the scholars, right? they are such that they hate falsehood. Think about it yourself. The knowledge that, the little knowledge that we have gained. How much we love the truth. And if somebody ever contradicts that in any way, you know, yes, you start thinking about how to refute it, but doesn't your blood begin to boil and you begin to, you know, you become upset. You become emotional. Isn't it so? Now think about the person who specializes in that, who has a lot of ilm of the deen and somebody is uttering falsehood. I mean, you would not like that at all. You would not tolerate it at all. So, this is why we see such apparently harsh statements coming from even the Sahaba, from great scholars of the past. Why? Because they did not like falsehood at all. And if they made such a harsh statement, it was to serve as a deterrent for other people. Never repeat such a thing. Never dare to say such a thing. Yes. أَبْغَضَ lillah That they hate for the sake of Allah. That why would a person say something like that? That contradicts the Qur'an. Now, this doesn't mean that we start saying such things. We should definitely be careful. And remember that at that time, people's level of tolerance was also different. Like, for example, if somebody was, if Ibn Abbas had such a statement concerning somebody, I mean, you wouldn't expect that they would become very upset and they would not listen to him. And no, when it came to the people of knowledge, we're not talking about the general people, people of knowledge, their level of tolerance was different. They were more accepting of one another. Then Ibn Abbas alayhi he narrated the hadith in which we learned that Musa alayhi was actually the prophet of Allah. Haddathana, he said, Hadathana Ubayy ibn Ka'bin. He was he's another companion of the prophet Nabi sallallahu he said, qama Musa. Musa alayhi salam, he stood. Which Musa, an Nabiu, the prophet Musa. So in this hadith we learn that the that Musa was indeed the prophet Musa So qala, he said, qama Musa Nabiu. خطيبا as a خطيب what is the word khatiban? what's the grammatical state خطيب بن what is it? it's منصوب good and you have learned about the different types of منصوب when a word is منصوب so why do you think this word is mansub? Hal Hal. so قام موسى النبي خطيبا وحال خونه that he was خطيب he was addressing the people في بني إسرائيل, In the Bani Israel. فَسُئِلَ So he was asked أيُّ Nasi, Which of the people is أعلم Most knowing Who is the most knowledgeable person? فَقَالَ So Musa replied أنا أعلم I know more I know most Amongst the people فَعَتَبَ اللَّهُ عليه. So Allah was angry upon him إِذْ لَمْ Because he did not يَرُدَّ He did not return Meaning he did not refer Ilma The knowledge Ilayhi To him Meaning to Allah Musa al-islam should have said at that time, Allahu alam, but he said, I know more. I know most. Musa al was a prophet of Allah. He is the one who received revelation. He is the one to whom Allah spoke to directly. So when it came to the knowledge of the Deen, who knew most? Who knew most from among the people? Musa al-Islam. However, look at the question. The question was, Ayunasi alam. Who is most knowing of the people Meaning which person has the most knowledge of everything It wasn't about the deen It was in the general sense So this is the reason why Musa a.s. should not have said I Because there were people Who knew more than him concerning other matters So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala became upset with him That he should have said Allah knows who is most knowing of the people This teaches something very important A person could be very good at one thing But it doesn't mean that they are good at everything We should not think like this concerning ourselves or about other people. That if we think that, for example, I'm very good at my studies, I'm very good at my Qur'an, my salah, then I should never have an accident while I'm driving. You're driving, that's a different skill. And your Qur'an, knowledge of the Qur'an, is a different skill. It doesn't mean that if you're good at this, you'll be good at that. Do you get it? It doesn't mean that. So, we should not make this generalization concerning ourselves or concerning other people. For Allahu ilayhi, so Allah revealed to him, "Anta عَبْدًا that indeed a servant, min ibadi, from among my servants, Majmar al Bahraini. He will be at majma, the conjunction, the meeting place of what al Bahrain of the two seas. Huwa arlamuminka. He is more knowing than you. There is a servant of mine whom you, who is at the junction of the two seas, and he is more knowing than you. Qala said, Ya Rabbi, O oh my lord, wa and how be he to him? Meaning, how can I get to him? How can I meet him? How can I learn from him? فَقِيلَ لَهُ So it was said to him, ihmil, carry hutan, a fish. Where? Fi مِكْتَلْ in a container. مِكْتَلْ is a large container in which fifteen سَعَى can fit. سَعَى is a measure of weight, volume. So, احمل حوتا في مكتر. Carry a fish in a miktal You can think about it If a fish has to be put in a container It has to be big And especially if it has to be If it's a whole fish Not a fish that has been cut up into pieces But a whole fish Fish generally long So it has to be a big container So carry it in a container فَإِذَا سَوَنْ so when, فَقَدَّهُ When you lose it فَهُوَ فَهُوَ So he thamma, There Notice the word فَهُوَ You see the Sukun on ha? What do you have? Dhamma? Okay, I have the sukun. So fahwa, when you're saying huwa with another word attached before it, that many times ha would also get a sukun. So fahwa, so he would be thamma there. When you lose the fish, the point where you lose the fish, that is where that servant of Allah will be. Fantalaqa, so he went. Wantalaqa بفتاه and he went with his fata, with his young boy. And his name was Yushar Ibn. Noon. His servant boy, his name was Yushar Ibn. Wahamala and both of them carried Hutan a fish مكتل, in a container. until Gana, both of them were in near a rock. They were by a huge boulder, a huge rock. Wada they both placed Rusahuma their heads. Meaning they both put their heads down and Wanama and they both slept. They took a nap. And during that time, al saw So the fish in salla, in salla, it slipped out, it went secretly, it slipped away, it escaped So when they were sleeping, the fish escaped From where? Minal miktal فَاتَّخُذَ Saraba, So it took its way in the sea, saraba, Slipping away, gliding away Meaning it, it was swimming in a very strange way, very quickly And it, it went away very quickly Wakana and it would be limusa wa fatahu It would be something very amazing for Musa and his fatah if they were to see it. And we know from the Quran that his fata he saw that, but Musa a.s. was sleeping at that time, so he couldn't tell him. And afterwards he forget. And when Musa a.s. asked for food, that is when he remembered. So it was something amazing. Fan So they both proceeded. They went. Bakiya for the remaining of laylatihima wa for the remaining of their night and day. So they continued traveling. فَلَمَّا صَوَّن أَصْبَحَ it was morning time قال موسى موسى عليه السلام to his servant boy أعطنا غداءنا bring us our meal our food لقد لقينا certainly we have met من سفرنا هذا نصبا from this journey of ours a lot of fatigue meaning we have become very tired ولم يجد and he did not find who موسى عليه السلام مس من النصب مس what does مس mean touch in a nasab. nasab is fatigue, getting tired. So in other words, Musa had not even felt tiredness. He did not even feel a little bit of tiredness. Hatta until jawaza al Makan he crossed the place Al Ladi Umirabi, which he was commanded to go at. So the Sakhra until that point, where they, camp, where they slept at the, by the rock, he did not suffer any tiredness at all. But after that, when they departed again, when they started traveling again, then he started getting tired. So this is why he said, Bring us our food, we have become very, very tired. So his boy said to him, Did you see? When we took refuge, meaning when we rested by the rock, I forgot the fish. Meaning I forgot to mention about the fish to you. قَالَ مُوسَى مُوسَى said, ذَلِكَ مَا كُنَّا نبغي. This is exactly what we were looking for. This is exactly what we wanted. That was our goal. عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمَا قَصَصَ So they both went back upon their athar, upon their footsteps, قَصَصَا retracing them. So they went back because it was by the sea. So you can imagine sand. So they were looking for their footsteps. Where did they come from? And they went back retracing them back to the rock. فَلَمَّا سَوَن they both finished at, they both ended at ilasakhri, to the rock. So, in other words, they reached the rock. They got there. Ida then rujulun a man musadjan He was musadjan with thauben with clothes. Musadja is someone who is shrouded, someone who is wrapped up. So, in other words, he had his clothes wrapped around him. Auqala tasadja bithaubi. He had wrapped himself with his clothes. Fassallama Musa. So, Musa السلام, he greeted him. فَقَالَ أَلْخَضِرُ al-khadir, he said, وَأَنَّا بِأَرْضِكَ السَّلَامِ And where بِأَرْضِكَ in your land is as-salam. Meaning, where are you from? Who says salam? Because it's quite possible that that place where Musa salam was to meet Khadr was perhaps populated by people who were non-Muslim. So Khadr was surprised that who are you and how come you're saying salam? Where do you come from? Which land are you from? Which place are you from? فَقَالَ أَنَا مُوسَى So Musa I salam said, I am Musa. فَقَالَ so he said, Musa Bani Israel, are you Musa of the Bani Israel? قالة, Na'am. He said, Yes I am. قالة, Musa a.s. said, Hal may I follow you Allah upon and that on the condition that to علمني you teach me Mimma of that which علمت you have been taught Rashada or رُشْدًا in right guidance. So whatever you know of rushd can you teach me some of that? May I accompany you for that reason? قَالَ Khadr said, إِنَّكَ لَن تَسْتَطِيعُ مَعِي صَبْرًا You will never be able to have patience with me. o Musa إِنِّي Indeed I عَلَىٰ Ilmin Upon knowledge مِنْ عِلْمٍ Of knowledge Allahi Of Allah عَلَّمَنِيهِ He has taught me it. لَا تَعْلَمُهُ أَنْتَ You do not know of it. I have some knowledge that Allah has given to me and you don't have that knowledge. وَأَنْتَ And you عَلَىٰ Ilmin Upon knowledge Allah has taught you It meaning that knowledge La a'lamuhu, I do not know of it I have some knowledge that Allah has given me And you don't know about it And you have some knowledge that Allah has given you And I don't know about it So every person's level of knowledge is different And a person should not seek knowledge Just for the purpose of competition They know about this So I have to know about this as well They're studying this So I have to study this as well No Learn what benefits you Learn what you are good at. Every person does not have to be such that they have ijazah in Qur'anic recitation. It's quite possible it's not their skill. But it is somebody else's skill. They have the potential to do it. So they should they do it? Yes, they should. You could be very good at grammar. Or you could not be good at grammar. If you're good at grammar, then excel. And if you think it's not your strength, after this course you feel that you've tried And Alhamdulillah you do understand But you feel that if you go this way It might be too hard on you Everybody's level is different This is just like when people When they go to university Does everyone study everything? No People study what they're good at So don't learn for the sake of competition Learn what you can benefit from And what you can benefit others with Every person has been given knowledge by Allah and every person's level is different. And the type will also be different. قَالَ musa سَتَجِدُنِي You shall find me. إن شاء الله, if Allah wills, صَابِرًا Patient. If Allah wills, you'll find me very patient. Meaning I will stay with you and I will try my best to learn this. Because many times it happens that if a person tries to learn something that they're not good at, it's not their specialty, then they become fed up very quickly. They become tired very quickly. They give up very quickly. There's some things that we have to learn. For example, basic grammar. We have to learn. Because if we don't learn it, we won't be able to understand the Qur'an. But it doesn't mean that everybody has to become excellent in Ajrumiya. Because if you think that is your goal, then what will happen? You will become disappointed. And you will give up. And you don't want to give up. You want to continue in what you are good at. So continue in that. So Musa said, you will find me patient. I will do my best. So what happened then? And he said, "Wala أَعْصِي laka amra," And I will not disobey you in anything at all. فَانْطَلَقَ So both of them went out. يَمْشِيَانِ Both of them were walking عَلَى سَاحِلِ الْبَحْرِ On the sahil, the coast of al-bahr, of the sea. لَيْسَ لَهُمَا Safina, They did not have any ship to embark on. So they just started walking by the sea. فَمَرَّتْ بِهِمَا So it passed by them, Safina, A ship, a ship passed by them. فَكَلَّمُوهُم So they spoke to them. To who? To the people of the ship. Yahmiluhuma, That they should carry them. فعرفة, al Khadir. So Khadir, he was recognized By the people of the ship So when they recognized Khadr They said of course فحملوهما, So they carried both of them nawlin, Without any naul Naul What does that mean? Any fee Very good When you read the sentence You can figure out what words mean Even if you don't know the literal meaning At least you can make sense of What is being said Naul is Cost Freight You know something that is paid Something that is given to someone So nawlin, Without any charges They took him They took they took them on the ship. فَجَاءَ عُصْفُورٌ So there came a bird. عُصْفُور is a sparrow. فَوَقَعَ عَلَى حُرْفِ السفينة. So وقع, It fell meaning it landed. It sat. Where? On the edge of the ship. So a bird came and it sat at the edge of the ship. فَنَقَرَ So it made a hole. Nakara, It made a hole into the sea so that it took some water out of it into its beak. نَقَرَ نَقَرَ to blow, to hit, to make a hole. So it dipped its beak into the water. You understand? It dipped its beak into the water once or twice. How much water do you think it would have taken in its beak? How much? Hardly anything. A few drops. So at this, فَقَالَ الْخَضِرِ So Khadir said, يَا مُوسَى وَمُوسَى مَا نَقَصَ it has not reduced Ilmi my knowledge, where Ilmuka and your knowledge min ilm from the knowledge of Allah. My knowledge and your knowledge combined have not reduced from the knowledge of Allah Illa except bahr like the Nakra of this bird in the sea. The bird, how much water did it take out of the sea? A few drops. Did it cause any shortage in the sea? Not at all. Likewise, our knowledge, no matter how much we have, no matter how much each person has, all of that knowledge combined is still just a fraction. A very, very tiny fraction of the knowledge of Allah. A very deep lesson. No matter how much we know, we know very less. We know very, very little. Eh? there's always somebody who knows more than us. Who's better than something else that we're not better at. And on top of everything, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about everything. So a person should always remain humble, in his, with regards to his علم. So then what happened? فَعَمَدَ الْخَضِرِ So then Khadr, he intended, meaning he aimed at, he approached, إِلَىٰ towards لَوْحٍ A plank من الْوَاحِ السَّفِينَةِ From the planks of the ship. فَنَزَعُهُ So he pulled it out, he yanked it out. He approached one of the planks that had made the ship and he pulled it out. Faqala Musa Musa He said to him The Kaumun, they are a people, Hamaluna, they have carried us Bihani Naulun without any charges, free of cost. Amata illa Safina to him, you approach their Safina, Fakaraqta, you destroyed it. Lituhda Kahla so that you may cause its people to drown. Kallah, he said, Alam Akul, did I not say, In Nakalantas Tatiir Ammarya Sabah, you will never ever be able to have patience with me? Kallah he said, La tuahni. Don't call me to account. Bima nasid for what I forgot. I'm sorry, I forgot. فَكَانَتِ الْأُولَى مِنْ مُوسَى نِسْيَانًا فَكَانَتِ So it was الأولى, the first min Musa from Musa a.s. نسيَانًا forget from this. This is the first time that Musa a.s. forgot. فَانْطَلَقَ So both of them, they continued. فَإِذَا So then غُلَامٌ There was a boy. يَلْعُبُ He was playing مع الغِلْمَانِ With two other boys. So there was a boy who was playing with other children. فأخذ الخضر So خضر he took برأسه with his head من from the top فاقتلع So he pulled it out. What? رأسه his head. How? بيديه with his hands. So all of a sudden خضر took hold of that boy and he pulled out his head in his hands. He killed that boy right there and then. Imagine you witness such a thing. How would you react? فقال Musa أقتلت نفسا؟ Musa said, Are you killing a person, a life, zakiyat, and pure, innocent, bi nafsin, without any soul? Meaning that child, he did not kill any person that you have to kill him. He's an innocent child. Qala, he said, Alam did I not say to you, sabra, that you will never ever be able to have patience with me? Qala ibn Uyayna. Ibn Uyayna, one of the narrators, he said, and this awkad, more emphatic, meaning this time that Khadir reproached Musa This was more severe. How? That he said, "Alam akul laka." Did I not say to you that innaqa, that indeed you, lan Tastati, you will not have patience with me? So it was more severe, because he had given him a warning before. But again, Musa he interfered. He wasn't patient at that point. So what happened? Fan So both of them went. Hatta until ataya. When they came to, when they approached Ahla Qariyatin, the people of a city, of a town, and istat'ama, they both asked for food from who? Ahlaha, its people. So when Musa A.S. and Khadr, they went there to a people, they asked them for food. فأبو, so the people refused and يضيفوهما, that they should take them as guests, that they should offer any hospitality to them. So they both found a wall in there. ينقضى, it was about to fall. فأقام, so Khadr, he fixed the wall he said Al Khadiru, Al Khadir, with his hand, faaqamahu so he fixed it. Meaning Al Khadir he fixed the wall how? With his hands. Fa musa so Musa said to him, that if you wanted, let the you could have taken on it some wage, some reward. These people didn't offer you any food, you could have charged them for the service that you gave. Kala had a Firakobini Wainings. He said this is it. This is my separation this is the separation between me and you. قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم, the Prophet صلى said، يرحم Musa. may Allah have mercy on Musa، لو didna, surely we loved، لو صبر, if he could be patient، حتى، until يقصى، it would be narrated علينا، upon us min Amrihima of their affair. meaning only if Musa was a little more patient, so we could have learned more about what they did and what they went. you know the journey could have continued and we could have learned more. there are many things that we learn in this hadith and inshallah we will. Go over the lessons tomorrow Inshallah Subhanakallahu wa bihamdika Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta Nastaghfiruka wa natubu Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh